Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyerup904.com. Now, the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green and Leon Searcy. Four-man rush, Trevler drops the throw. Looking, looking, fires left side. That ball's going to be caught. That'll be a first down. And now the ball's fumbled. And it is picked up by the Jaguars. They're running it back. How about that? The Jaguars, Trey Herndon. The ball was fumbled. He caught it in midair. And he has returned it for the Jaguars inside the 25-yard line. Frank Frangie on the call. Jaguars radio. And with that, a very good Friday morning to you, Jacksonville. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. A special fifth quarter. We're in for the boys of the drill today. Hickett and Prosser off. Leon Searcy, Dave Campo. And Ryan the Hacker Green with you. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics with the head coach Dave Campo and the Pro Bowler Leon Searcy. The Jaguars last night, what a win in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The Jaguars get to 7-8, and eight, absolutely dominate the New York Jets and Jacksonville now. Two games remaining. They control their destiny and... And we'll talk about this later. There is a scenario where the Houston game next week means absolutely nothing. It more than likely is going to come down to week 18 when Tennessee comes in here for an AFC South championship. Let me bring in Leon Searcy. Leon is a former Jaguar. You must have been very proud last night. First time for a road primetime victory for this organization since your playing days in the year 2000. That's kind of sad, but kind of an interesting stat as well. Mm. 22 years since the Jaguars won a road primetime game. That streak ended last night. How about them Jaguars, baby? Uh, did you enjoy yourself, Hack? I did. Uh, I did. It was a all, festive evening. First of all, good morning. This is not usually our regular hour, so I wanted to say good morning to you. You were here early. I was here yeah. early. Yeah. I got my little coffee, water, still waiting on the breakfast snacks, but... uh. Maybe we can get a fan to bring us some uh, food. You saying? Are you saying the big fella needs some uh, nourishment? I need some nourishment. I'm like, you know, I haven't been up this early since training camp. There's a lot of good folks time. in Jacksonville that are very happy about Swing the win. By and bring us some Perhaps they could bring us some breakfast. Yeah, but hey, listen, I couldn't be more proud of this team, this Jacksonville team. And it, it, the narrative, the thing I was listening to after I watched the game was the interviews afterwards. All right, what the guys were saying after they won this victory, and what they were saying was, you know, this is we got work to do. You know, this is the standard. I believe in my teammates. I play for my teammates. That's all the kind of stuff that good teams are made of. This Jaguar team is a complete team as far as effort goes. And I listen, the same old Jaguars are gone. Them days of uh, us believing that this team was wasn't about they are they are metamorphosing before our eyes into a better team. And I I, I tell you as a as a as an OG of the Jaguars. It's no better feeling to see this team play up to his capabilities. Let me bring in the head coach, Dave Campo. Coach, it was not long ago the Jaguars were 3-7 and seven and going nowhere. They've won four out of five in their four wins against Baltimore, Tennessee, Dallas, and now the Jets. Yeah. 
Those are four teams that have combined for 33 victories this year. The Jaguars are not beating Sisters of the Poor. They've beat four good teams, all that have seven wins or more, and now Jacksonville finds them in a spot where they are potentially only one win away from winning the AFC South. Well, you know, obviously when you're three and seven, you know, everybody was concerned, and along with everybody, you know, I saw some signs once they won the fourth one uh, that uh, this team was a little bit different. And, and, of course, the signs have been there the whole year. You know, every game they've played has been close with the exception of the Detroit game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every team has a bad game here or there, and matchups are important, and that one just didn't work out. But this football team has competed from, from the beginning. And, and where they are right now, you know, when we were with the Cowboys the second year, after 1-15, and 15, we were 3-7, and seven and we won four in a row. And that set us up for next year, the following year. What now this team – we weren't in it. We lost our quarterback the last two ball games and lost them. We went seven and nine. This team has a chance, as we know, that they can do something special and get to the playoffs the second year. You know, we talk about the growth, right? You know, maturing, this team learning how to win. We've we've used all the verbiage. Go back two months ago, two and a half months ago. They're on the road in a monsoon in Philadelphia. They did not handle that properly. They fun they turned the ball over five times. They lose the game. The weather affected that situation. Last night, it's cold. It's nasty. It's wet in New York. They fumble the ball on the third play of the game. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, is this going to be a repeat of Philadelphia? They do not turn the ball over again the rest of the night. They controlled the line of scrimmage. The weather on the road at night did not affect this team. Well, you know what? After the Cowboys win, uh, my concern was the maturity of this team because you come off a a big overtime win against the Dallas Cowboys. Then you have to transition to Thursday where you've got a a must-win against the Jets. And the Jaguars came out and they did what they needed to do to win the game. And that lets you know that this team is maturing because earlier on in the season, we say this team is immature. They're too young. They don't know how to transition and do things. They beat themselves at turnovers. Uh, missed opportunities, penalties, and all that kind of stuff. So I was very interested to see how the transition was going to be from having a big win on Sunday to having to play on Thursday. And they, they complimented themselves. They, they play out – They, I mean, it wasn't an outstanding game, but they did what they deemed necessary to win the game, and that's what's always important. And that's what I loved hearing, Coach, from Trevor Lawrence last night on the postgame show on Amazon Prime. He said it wasn't pretty. There's a lot of things that went wrong last night but they did what they needed to do to win the game. You went into somebody else's house in a primetime atmosphere for the first time in 22 years for this organization, and you dominated. You came out with a win. What was your thought, your assessment on Trevor's performance last night? Well, you know, he was 70%. I mean, you know, throwing the football on a bad day, and I think there was a big point about it, you know, uh, listening on the way in uh, to the station. Uh, Guys, uh, the New York media was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Wilson didn't do the job, but, uh, you know, Boy, it was bad he, weather. Zach Wilson. You know, is, yeah, you know, I mean, it's bad weather and all that. But the other guy was zipping the ball, and he was, you know. And, and to me, the guy has uh, just come into his own, just like the team has. Uh, you're looking at a, a, a franchise quarterback right in the face. Well, Coach, let me ask you a question. As far as uh, the game plan, it was two different game plans. Going into the game, the Jaguars' game plan with Doug Peterson was for Trevor to get rid of the ball, quick quick little outs to get it to the wide receivers. 
and the Jets were trying to throw the ball downfield. I think because of the conditions and the weather, it was more comparable for the Jaguars to do what they did outside of what the Jets did, what they did. Absolutely. And the first drive, they they had to, they ran the ball uh, the majority of the mm-hmm. time. And that was a big point in the game. You know, I felt going in that they would have to run the football because, you know, their front, uh, as far as rushing the passer, was uh, eighth in, in, in rush uh, wins in the league. So, you know, they're pretty good up front. I felt they had to set up everything with that. And, and with the weather being the way it was, it worked out great because they ran the ball very effectively. Both you guys last week when and after the win over Dallas on the fifth quarter talked about the word belief, right? I think belief is turning into confidence. There was a swagger to this team last night. See Arden Key coming out to the game, listening to the, the boom box or whatever you yes. call those things. That was hilarious. I mean, these are guys that are – are relaxed, they're laid back, but they're confident. Like I said, there's a, a swagger to them. And, you know, you don't win a road game for three years. This year you come in and you win in Los Angeles. You win in Nashville for the first time in nine years. You go up to New York on a Thursday night and win. It appears, Leon, that belief is growing every well, week. Well, hey, listen, hey, listen, I was on a team with the guy to your, to your right that they, they – Practice was so intense and so hard during the week that when we went out and played, it was fun. This team is having fun now. They're putting in the time. They're putting in the effort. They're watching the film. They're getting the workouts in. They're getting the run in. They're executing at a very high level during the weeks. So now when they get to the game, it's fun for them. It's fun for them to make tackles for loss, to get sacks, to catch the big passes, to run the – all that this team is enjoying – where they are and the position that they putting themselves in after starting so slow early on. How does that happen, Coach? How do you go to from three and seven and still have belief? They had to have belief to go on this run, <clears throat> and now obviously the confidence, the belief is growing and growing and growing. I guess that's a testament to Doug Peterson and this coaching staff for not losing the team when they were three and seven. Stay the course, and and I think that uh, the two guys that are leading this football team, in my opinion. And now I'm not downgrading the coaching staff, you know, because the coaching staff, you know, they've got some good coaches over there, in my opinion. But the two guys that are leading this team are Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. And both of them have the same personality. They're both very competitive. I've known Doug Peterson back when he was a quarterback, you know, in the league. Uh, Very competitive. Trevor's competitive, and people are finding that out. And they, but they are are poised. They're they're tunnel visioned. Stay the course, uh, the process, all those things that sometimes you don't like it because you've heard it from every coach in the world. But the process in the in the whole thing is about be the same, win or lose, but make sure you are balanced. You can't just be milk toast. You can't just be a, a screamer and a yeller. You have to be in between. And, and I think those guys have that ability, and that's why you're seeing, you know, the more you win, the more that comes out. Heck, I'll give you a clear example of what Coach is talking about. You take a guy like Jawan Taylor who's dealing with a hamstring, all right? Jawan Taylor maybe last year two years ago with that hamstring, he probably sits out, pulls himself out the game. You see how he gutted through that game in the rain, the sleet, in the, you know, he gutted through that game. It was sometimes I was actually watching him playing. He was grimacing. But he would not come off on that field. Yeah. That that is attributed to that coaching staff and the belief in this team that everybody is needed for this thing to work. Because I'm saying this: this man's got a hamstring. 
He's playing on a wet surface. He's getting pushed and pulled and tugged, and he's grimacing, and I'm watching him. And he's gutting it out for this team. He doesn't do that last year. He doesn't do that the year before. He's, he's maturing and growing up right before our eyes as well. And, and, and it even goes back to last week. That game was such a big game with the Cowboys when uh, Cam got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy just came out of the game with a hamstring. You know, at least for this one, he had two or three days to, to, to come back. He came back in the football game and played well. So it, that, it, it is a testament to the team. Sheriff no as well. Person. Yeah. <clears throat> Sheriff was big yeah. because when he went yeah. down, I'm thinking, uh-oh, now you got real problems. But then he, you know, he went in the blue medical tent, whatever happened in there. All of a sudden, he's walking a little better, <laughs> and he comes back out and performs well. Let me ask you this. And, again, well, phone, phone line's open, Jacksonville, 641-1010. If you want to get involved here on a special edition of the fifth quarter, we're in for the drill. You are more than welcome to do so. We're with you until 10 o'clock. Your situation, Leon, was different as a player because you were good in Pittsburgh. You signed a free agent deal. You came to Jacksonville. You continued to be good. Evan Ingram, when he was in New York, was considered to be a first-round bust, right? They were happy to see him go. Evan Ingram right now, statistically, is among the top five tight ends in football. Mm-hmm. Um, what a turnaround for the career of Evan Ingram. The Jaguars, that's a priority now. I mean, yeah, you got to sign him long-term uh, this offseason. What do you say for a guy that it doesn't work out in one spot, he comes to Jacksonville, and he's just had a – a revolution to his NFL well, career. He, he bet on himself. He signed a one-year deal. He said, I'm, you know, I don't need a long time. Let me show you one year what I can offer you. And I think that Doug Peterson's offense compliments him. I mean, he's going to be a, a sought-after free agent because of the success he's having. But if I'm Jacksonville, you want to keep that guy. And it's just about a, just it's about betting on yourself. And, you know, uh, and when, you got, when you're working with a guy like Trevor Lawrence and, you know, and the offense is geared towards – Listen, he had to do his research knowing that Doug Peterson loves tight ends. Absolutely had to do his research. So he comes here, he gets implemented in the offense. He's having success, and he's going to cash in on it. And the one thing, Coach, and it's tough for defense is the game plan. One game, it might be the Christian Kirk game. The next week, it might be the Zay Jones game. The week after that, it might be the Travis Etienne game. Last night was another Evan Ingram game. They might not have that wide receiver one, quote-unquote, but they got four dudes on this team that any week it could be their big game. Well, let me say two things. Number one, the thing I love about Evan Ingram, when he catches the ball, he turns that baby upfield. He's going to get a first down. He catches a lot of balls at like six or seven, and all of a sudden he's got 12 or 13. That's what you need from that guy, and especially those inside receivers, the guys that are catching the ball over the middle and stuff. That's what that's what this offense brings to the table. You know, the other thing that 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 I love about uh, you know, Ingram is he's physical. You know, for a guy that, you know, what you try to tackle him, he's gonna stiff arm you, he's gonna do something. Uh, and he has really pretty darn good speed, you know, and and you know, I think he bet on himself and and he's doing what they are asking him to do. But don't forget, I heard Doug Peterson uh on an interview this week where I think it was Mia O'Brien that asked him, you know, do you game plan Christian Kirk this week or do you game plan Evan Ingram or whatever? He said, no, we have our offense. We know the things that we feel will hurt the other team. And then it's Trevor Lawrence's 
uh, job to figure out who to throw it to. And, and to me, that also brings what you just said about all the different receivers being involved. It's Trevor Lawrence that's bringing that about as well. And, and, the, and the team is selfless. When, I, when saying that, whenever Ingram caught that pass, the wide receiver's blocking downfield, oh, bro. Oh, great blocking. Come on, great blocking downfield. Oh, yeah. Christian Kirk pancakes his guy. Evan Ingram gives a stiff arm, and he runs for another 20 yards. Man, that's just that's just team effort, man. That, that's the kind of stuff I love to see. Shows a lot of effort. We got the head coach, Dave Campo, the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy. Let me bring in a man you hear every morning here on the drill. E to the T, what is up, my man? Yeah! <laughs> we going to the Super Bowl, and we going to win that thing. He's not fired up, is he, on a Friday morning? Hey, e, e, like your thoughts last night, brother, on what you saw. Man, we should have shut them boys out. But it's okay, though. Trev came to play. Trev had me a little worried with that early fumble. You know, as we spoke, we was like, man, here we go again. But Coach Peterson and the entire Jaguar squad, they played a game, man. They uh, Travis, you know, they were they were real cognizant of holding on to the ball. The play calling was impeccable. Man, our Jaguars, but man, we're going to the Super Bowl. Stop playing. And we control their destiny. There's no doubt about that. The only way they don't control their destiny is, well, no, no, they do. I mean, the only way, I guess, Week 18 doesn't matter now for a division title, Tennessee would have to win twice, beating Houston and Dallas, and Jacksonville would have to lose to Houston. Any other combination, that game is going to be flexed at Week 18, and it's going to be for the AFC South Championship right here in Duval County. We got a lot to do. Phone lines loaded. Thomas, Junior, Jordan, all you guys, hang in there. You'll be up on the other side. A special edition of the fifth quarter and for the drill the jaguars what a win 19-3 over the new york football jets we're going to be talking with you about it on a victory friday here on your home for the jacksonville jaguars 1010xl and 92.5 fm quarterback sneak dives for the end zone touchdown he dove over the top and trevor lawrence touchdown jaguars Special edition of the drill with the boys from the fifth quarter in for Dan and Jeff. Here's Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. That was Frank Franchi on the call last night right here on Jaguars Radio. Trevor Lawrence over the top, the lone touchdown of the game. That would prove to be all they would ever need. The Jaguars roll to a 19 19- Three victory. It is the fifth quarter here in for the drill on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you an offensive player of the game. That offensive player of the game is brought to you by Universal Roof. E, let's do it now. The Universal Roof offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting presents the Offensive Player of the Game. Universal Roof and Contracting. The difference is universal. Coach, it could have been Trevor Lawrence, but it could be Trevor Lawrence any week. I'm going to give it to Evan Ingram. Seven for a buck 13. How's this stat? He played 32 games at MetLife Stadium as a Giant. Never had 113 receiving yards as a Giant in 32 chances. He goes back last night as a Jaguar and gets it done. Well, I think that's why, you know, number one, they need to get him back. But number two, I think he'll want to come back. I think, you know, the he's got a, a good, uh, you know, uh, feeling with the quarterback. They have a good rapport. And uh, that, that's the whole thing about the quarterback, helping other people to be good. You know, he's getting them the ball, and, and he's, he's 
responding. If finances, Leon, makes sense, because they would have to, are we getting close to the point of Evan Ingram being franchised if you can't get something done before free agency? I mean, it's to the point where you can't let that guy leave it right now. He's too valuable. Yeah, he is too valuable, and uh, good for him. Uh, he put in the effort. He put in the time. He bet on himself, and he's going to get paid. He's going to be paid handsomely. But listen, don't worry. Listen, Trevor's going to have a lot to say about him at the end of the season. If Trevor says we need him, coach, they're going to find a way to get it done. Trust I hope me. so. No question about it. Let's go to the phone lines. 641-1010 is the phone number on a victory Friday. The Jaguars now 7-8 and eight after a 19-3 win last night over the New York Jets. Let's head to Chicago to kick it off. Let's get Thomas in here on 1010XL. Thomas, what's going on? Hey, good morning. Duval! Duval, stand up, How about the Jags? <laughs> Let's go. All right, so I got to tell you guys about my night last night. You know, game wraps up here in Chicago about 10-15. I got a little one, so, you know, I'm doing some Christmas duties till about 1.30. Set the alarm for 5.30. Took the dog out in negative 35-degree weather this Ooh, morning. Wow. to listen to you guys. You know why? Because I'm fired up about them Jags. Go Jags, baby! Come on, somebody! Come on, somebody! Have a happy victory Friday, boys. Thomas, appreciate the phone call. Negative thirty-five. Wow. Good grief! That's some effort right there. That's hey, love. You know, we're we we talk to Jaguar fans all the time on every show here on Ten Ten XL. We kind of got a, a a a good following on the fifth quarter. Mm. Guys like Thomas, who I'm very happy for. Guys that uh, guys and gals, for that matter that have suffered through loss after loss. You and I, Leon, talk all the time. I've been doing this show eight years. You've been with me now, I think, the last three years. Mm-hmm. Some downtrodden times on the fifth quarter. I mean, you lose 15 in a row in 2020. You and I came in here every Sunday afternoon thinking, oh, my God, what are we going to talk about after lost 12 in a row or lost 13 in a row? The fact that we have not only a competitive football team, but a football team that appears to be pretty good, a football team that may make some legitimate noise Moving forward here, well, it is great to see. Well, Hack, you know what? There's a reason why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror because your past is behind you. All right? I'm going to steal your, that. I like your, that. Your, That's a good your, one. Yeah. The future is in front of us. We are watching the rebirth of Jacksonville Jaguar. This is 1996 rebooted. All right? This franchise is on the up climb. long as you keep Trevor, you keep weapons around them, huh? and you play a, a vaunted defense, Listen, I, I truly believe we're going to make the playoffs this year. I truly believe we're a year early. I think next year is going to be even more special than this year because we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to host a we're going to host it whatever. We're going to host a, ga- a playoff game here if they make the playoffs. No, ain't no if. All right, when 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 they make, make the, the playoffs? Play- that was right. It's more than likely going to be the loser of the North between Cincinnati Don't care. and Baltimore. No, I'm not saying. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, I got you. They beat Baltimore. True. You know, Facts. I mean, who's to say they can't do it again? Absolutely. On Wild Card Weekend, we're talking about Wild Card Weekend. Yes, we oh, are. Goodness. Haven't talked about Wild Card Weekend in a long, long never time. This, never this late. Absolutely. You're talking dirty to me, and I kind of like it. That's, <laughs> That's it. exactly <laughs> right. Let's go to Buffalo. Let's get our guy Junior in here on a special edition of the fifth quarter. Junior, you're up early with us, man. Congratulations on uh, your Jags getting the win last night. Yep. I got to say, Duval, too, baby. I'm preparing for that storm heading my way like the boy from Chicago. It hasn't got here yet, but I'm, I'm preparing 
But what's going to keep me warm was that victory last night. It's going to get me right through this uh, storm. And I have something to talk about when I get when I'm going to family for Christmas. I can tell them, yeah, my Jaguars are still in it, baby. We still got a chance. Oh, was that a good game? That was one of the first games I can say in a long time after the fumble in the first that first three plays. After that, I felt comfortable. I felt comfortable that the team was had control of the game. And I can't say that all the time. I could not say it all the time. They had control of the game. I felt that ease. That was the first time, like I said, I was at ease. I can see them have control on both sides of the fall on the football. Wow, that was a great game. We did lose a smooth. It looked like he got that um, uh, uh, Achilles heel injury. But, man, this game was awesome. I, I'm so psyched. I can't wait for next week. we got to beat the Houston Texans and Texans. Get them off our back. What a game. I'm psyched. You guys have a great Christmas. Hey, Junior, appreciate the Merry phone Christmas, call. Junior. Yeah, the thing about Dewan Smoot, we don't know yet. He was uh, had a boot and crutches when he left, so that's certainly a blow, but hopefully uh, this 10-day off period, you get Trayvon Walker back, you get Fadakasi back, you get some guys rested up a little bit. And, 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 Coach, you look at the Jaguars moving forward. Two division games left. Kirk Herbstreet, I love Herbstreet. I think he's one of the best in the business, but he said something last night that I totally disagree with. Oh, the Jaguars got to be worried about Houston. That could be a trap game. Of all teams that will not look at Houston as a trap game, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars who haven't beat those guys since 2017, all right? And they're going to hear about it starting on Monday, the fact that they haven't beat Houston in five years. I get a feeling whether that game means anything or not, there's a chance that it won't mean anything for Jacksonville, but you guys have corrected me. I said, do you rest anybody against Houston if it doesn't mean anything to get ready for Tennessee, you say no. You want to keep the momentum going. And they, they're all about ending streaks this year. They need to end that Houston streak next Sunday. Houston's beat them, what, 11 times in a row? That needs to come to an end. You know, it's interesting because I'm I'm trying to rack my brain back to back to the 2005, 6, and 7 when I was here. I don't remember. I do remember one thing, though. Going to Houston was always tough. I think we went twice during that period of time. I know we lost one of them. I can't remember what happened to the other one. I'm getting old, but uh, it, it's not an easy game, and I think our guys will know that. Hey, Leon, let me throw yeah. it out there for people that don't know what I'm talking about. Just lay it out there. The Titans play twice before Jacksonville plays again. Tennessee plays Houston tomorrow. They play Dallas next Thursday. If Tennessee loses one of those two, if they beat Houston and lose to Dallas, if they beat Dallas and lose to Houston, or if they lose both games, obviously, the Houston game for Jacksonville does not matter for the for the division. It doesn't matter. They could win by 50. They could lose by 50. If Tennessee loses one of the next two, week 18 is going to be for the division regardless. With that knowledge... You explained to me this team is young, yeah. they're on a roll, whether mm -hmm. it means anything or not, you need to keep it going. Well, you, you, Yeah, they, they're young and, and they've got momentum. And the last thing you want to do is stop that train from rolling. Uh, they got a nice little thing going right now. They've won, what, three straight? Yeah, three uh, you, straight, four out of five. You know, and, and like you said, it's time to stop some of those streaks. Uh, the one streak, we couldn't beat anybody in the NFC. We couldn't win on the West Coast. All those type of things, the Jaguars are stopping these streaks going on. This streak with the losing to the Houston, Texas. These guys want to play that game. Listen, 
you want to be the hot team going into the January. You want to be the hot team. You don't want to sit any of your guys. None of the guys want to sit. Like a guy like Jawan Taylor, he wants to be – this is something special that's going on right now. That's the reason why he's playing hurt. He's playing with a little nick. Coach, coach listen, Coach you know, Jimmy Johnson used to always say there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. He was hurt. He wasn't injured. He still, you can still play and give the same effort. So that's what you want to be. You want to be a part of something that's special. What's going on is special. This, this team has been dormant over the last, what, two years or whenever, since 2017. So the UC, you're winning games. I'm saying they've been dormant 14 yeah. of the last 15 <laughs> exactly. years. 14 of the last 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> they've been awful. Thank you, guys. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but now you're, you're a part of something special. And you're seeing the momentum of this team, and you definitely want to be a part of it what, any way you can. Let's head to Orange Park. Let's get Coach Jack in here from Orange Park on a special edition of the fifth quarter. Coach Jack, how we doing? Hey, gentlemen. How y'all doing this morning? Doing well, buddy. What's on your mind? Great, great. I got a question to Leon and Coach. How do the Jaguars regroup after playing Sunday and Thursday. I know they have 10 days. Do they take some time off or do they just go right into preparation for next week with Houston? Coach, appreciate the phone call. Well, first of all, I don't know what they're going to do, but what we would have done would be to come in today uh, late, watch the tape, and then take a couple days off for Christmas. Go where you're going. And then Monday you come in you get the extra day to prepare for the ball game. That's what we would have done. Now they may he may give them, you know, today, tomorrow, you know, the the Christmas holiday off and start on Monday. That's still a bye week, any way you look at it, because they would then come in on Monday. Uh, they might not even watch much of the tape. They just hit the highlights and then they go a normal week. Leon, they won three games <clears throat> in eleven days. Can you put into perspective how hard that is? What they just accomplished. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard. I mean, the turnover, that's why, that's why I said this team is maturing before our eyes. A young team or an inexperienced team, you know, doesn't do what they're doing. I mean, these guys are growing up right before our eyes. I mean, the, the turnover, the rest, uh, the preparation, the execution, um, that's attributed not only to the players but to the coaching staff, you know, because there's a lot that's going on within that process, the breaking down of the film, the the, the, the going about the business, the regimen, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the, this team that we thought was a little immature beginning of the season, you know, beating themselves and turnovers and stuff like that, they aren't making those same silly mistakes down the stretch, which lets you know that they're growing up. Let's go to Jordan in the town center quickly. If you're on the line, we'll get to you again. We're here until 10 o'clock on a victory Friday, a special fifth quarter in for the drill this morning. Jordan in the town center has been on hold forever. He's with us here on 1010XL. Jordan, what's going on? Good morning, fellas. Big fan, big fan. Thank you, buddy. All right, so uh, a, a, a couple things real fast. Um, first off, I feel like a, not enough credit is given to that uh, Cisco sack on that first drive. Um, him, Zach Wilson. After that, Zach was playing scared the entire game um, until they brought in that other that other quarterback from the Jets. Um, and uh, aside from that, I do agree with Leon. Having the momentum in December is huge. But I feel like chemistry is a huge part of uh, what we've been able to accomplish this last month and a half or whatever it is. And so um, 
So, yeah, man, the chemistry on this team is amazing. We haven't seen this in a long time. Um, but, so, yeah, that's what I got. And uh, last thing, Duval. Jordan, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, the uh, the quarterback the Jets brought in, the caveman beastly-like figure that they brought in, that guy was unbelievable. And if they would have punched that in the end zone, I've never heard of this guy before in my life, mind you. I thought they were going to go he to won Jeff. a great cup. You didn't know that? I, I, no, I, oh, I saw okay. him celebrating with his shirt off winning mm. a great cup in the photo that was uh, released. But I'm thinking, oh, no. Because I remember, was it Jake DeLome for Carolina that came in in relief of Rodney Pete against the Jaguars one game? This is years ago. And led Carolina to a win. And I'm thinking, oh, no. I've seen this story written out before. Luckily, the Jaguars turned him away there after that little bit of a drive. But that's what I told Leon, coach. I think media, fans alike, people that cover this team are invested in this team. We have to reprogram our brains. What we've known as Jaguar football for basically 20-plus years, most of which has been ineptitude, is all changing drastically. And worst-case scenarios that used to happen are no longer happening. They were clearly the better team last night, and they proved it. Yeah. Uh, there's no question, and I think, again, this is a different team. They've proven that they can come back uh, when they are really down 17 points. I mean, that's a pretty darn good comeback last week. Uh, and they've proven that they can hold a lead now when they've got it. So, you know, to me, uh, it's not the same team. I think this team, as Leon has, you know, talked about a lot, the belief and the confidence and – they're having fun. They, they, uh, you know, they, they know they're a pretty good football team right now, and I think the quarterback they have tremendous uh, belief in him. He is the head coach, Dave Campo. That's the Pro Bowler, Leon Searcy. We got E to the T here. He is every morning here on the drill. Come on, somebody. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. The special edition of the fifth quarter rolls on. Your phone calls next. We'll give you a defensive player of the game as well. Jacksonville, 19, the New York Jets, three, the Jaguars, four out of five, three in a row, three wins in the last 11 days, and now a mini buy. right? You got 10 days of rest before they go play Houston a week from Sunday. Fourth and nine, they'll snap it with five seconds to play, dropping in Zach Wilson. It'll be the final play to have. He rolls to the right. Looks downfield, fires it deep downfield, and it will be picked off. It'll be intercepted, running it back is Devin Lloyd now. He laterals it, don't lateral it too much. This is Andre Cisco. he'll be tackled. And that'll end the half there. Cisco is tackled around the 48-yard line. It's a special edition of the drill with the fifth quarter boys, and for Dan and Jeff, Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. Frank Franchi on the call, Jaguars Radio. Boy, Zach Wilson. We'll get into him in a moment. Good grief. I was watching some New York media last night on YouTube and Twitter after the game. That poor kid. I had sympathy for him. I know he played horrible, but what he's probably enduring right now on New York sports radio is absolutely unbelievable. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a defensive player of the game. That defensive player of the game is brought to you by Superior Fence and Rail. And let's do it right now, E, the Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. 
This is the Superior Fence and Rail Defensive Player of the Game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. Coach Campo, you are a defensive backs guy. There was numerous options last night, but I'm going to give it to Tyson Campbell. Seven tackles, a couple of passes, defensed. In fact, he had one pass breakup that was really nice. It was a prayer that was thrown up by, I believe, Zach Wilson. That same type play really helped New York last week against Detroit. Campbell was able to knock it away last night. Campbell has been solid all year long, and he is this week's defensive player of the game. Yeah, he's a good football player, and he's getting better. You know, he's still a young guy, and, and uh, you know, he's learning uh, when to take his shots. He's getting his eyes on the ball a little bit more. And, and you know, I think he's just uh, going to be continue to play uh, and get better from, from year to year. I really like the kid. He's long, he's fast, and he'll hit you. So, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of time before he becomes really, really a, a really good player. Leon, before we get back to the phone lines, your assessment last night of Walker Little. Um, I ain't going to lie. I was, before the game, I was worried. The first series, I was scared half to death. <laughs> all right? Yeah. <laughs> because that left side got bulldozed. All right? Quentin Williams is uh, a beast. Quentin Williams is a beast. Actually, Tyrus Tatley, he – he got ran over and gave up the sack fumble. And then if you watch Walker Little on that play, he got beat inside as well. So the, the whole the whole left side was a travesty. But after that series, the rest of the game, he was solid. He was solid. He was solid on his protections. He was solid on his run blocking. It seemed like he kind of settled in. Maybe got rid of the little butterflies or whatever was going on right there. He had a solid game. Him and Jawan Taylor had a solid game. I, even more so for Jawan because he was hurt. But Walker Little, someone, you know, who hadn't played in a very long time, you know, like came in and pitch relief, came in relieved the, the pitcher, uh, Cam Robinson, and, and did a very, very nice job. So if I was saying this last week. If if we're going to go where we need to go and have success like we're going to have, the, back, the, the blind side of the franchise needs to be protected. It's been a great morning. The Jaguars completely beat the crap out of the New York Jets last night. And the big fella got some sustenance. I know you want to say thank you to the kind oh, listener. Absolutely. Yeah. You ask and you shall receive. It's biblical. <laughs> All right. So, so we went, we asked the fans out there. We were a little hungry. I was really I was doing it for Coach because Coach yeah. was over here. Coach was famished coach over was, here. I'm eating a piece of chocolate coach, over here trying to yeah. get something in my coach stomach. Coach was eating a mint. All right. Hey, I said I got to get Coach some food. And that's my God now. So yeah, the, the Jaguar uh, fan or something. Uh, a, a listener, a li- we listener certainly appreciate by, it. Yeah, that's great. Us some, you know, gave, brought us some what egg and bacon biscuits. Yeah, man. man shout out, yeah, listen, yeah, you know. You know yeah, you so know we that. appreciate it very much. He's so. stuffing his face right absolutely, now. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so we certainly appreciate it. Back to the phone lines we go. Six four one ten ten on a victory Friday here in Northeast Florida. Let's head to St. Augustine. Let's get Philip in here on ten ten XL. Philip, what do you got? Man, these cats are good. <laughs> it's a nice change, Philip, right, from what we're used to. <laughs> you ain't kidding. But listen, you guys, Coach, you got to go down there. We got Peterson. We got Trevor. And you got to tell Bulky he's got one year to figure out how to move up to get Brock Bowers. Because I'm telling you, that would be unbelievable. Bill, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, uh, we're just talking about how great Evan Ingram is at the tight end position. Tight end is not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about moving forward are the injuries, right? They're starting to mount. Now, last night you won a game without Cam Robinson, without Walker, without Fadakasi. 
Cam Robinson's not coming back. Walker will. Fadakasi will. They were questionable coming into Friday, or I guess Wednesday. So 10 days off, we might see them against Houston. You'll almost assuredly see them against Tennessee in an AFC South championship game. The problem last night amidst the celebration is Dewan Smoot. We don't know the significance of Dewan Smoot. It did not look good after the game. I believe Mia O'Brien tweeted out that there were crutches and there was a boot involved. Does that mean a high ankle? We, we just don't know. But assuming Dewan Smoot's going to miss some time, what does that do to this defense? Well, first of all, I, Smoot has done a great job this year. Uh, you know, he's one of those I – mean, and he did last year as well. He's a good football player. Uh, he's one of the guys that is going – his motor's going all the time. Uh, that is definitely a loss. However, uh, Walker is kind of the – uh, the same guy, only I, I think a better, better going forward. But uh, you know we're gonna be we're gonna miss him because he's gone inside, he's gone outside, uh, he's got five sacks, which is uh, you know I think it leads the team. At least it's tied, I think, with Allen. Uh, so you know I'm concerned there, and you don't really know what the injury is. That's that's the issue. But the big guys have a harder time coming back from the the ankle problems and the, and the smaller guys. Yeah, we'll get more information about that later on today. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Steve-O in here on 1010XL. Steve-O, what's going on? Cat, what is going on, brother? <laughs> yes, sir. Been down with Hack Nation since EST 1999, the original Hack Nation right that, here. That's right, Coach, Steve. Appreciate you, man. Coach, I, yeah, man, Coach Lovey, Leon Lovey. Guys, I just want to say, my wife fell asleep, bless her heart. She's working her tail off. I had to really be up, and the floor shook when I landed. We were on the fourth floor in the apartment. It was crazy. Listen, we're on fire. We one thing at a time. Uh, guess what? Houston's next, and then after Houston, you know what the deal is. But right now, we got 24 hours to celebrate. And I'm telling you guys, we look good. We didn't flinch. There's no panic. Uh, I'm very, very, you know, heck, I'm very, very impressed just with the overall dynamic of the, the not flinching and not, not like getting like how many times have we seen since 1999, except for like Lawrence and Dave, we get crouched up and scared and stop playing football, right? We didn't do that, and I think that we're going in the right direction. And uh, I just want to say, hey, Steve, appreciate the phone call. The one thing, Leon, I will say. And we're going to talk to Denny Thompson about this. I love Trevor's competitive nature. All right. It's it's what makes him who he is. It's one of the things that makes him who he is. In the fourth quarter of a 16-3 game with six minutes to go, do not ever again <laughs> under any circumstance yeah. put yourself in the situation to get annihilated. He got <laughs> annihilated on that hit by Michael Clemens. And I'm just looking at him I like, thought, what are you doing? I thought I was going to need a defibrillator. I ain't going to lie. My heart stopped. I mean, that was a knockout yeah, shot. It was, it was. It was. Well, he had to worry about the throw incomplete pass because he because if he takes that sack or he, or he gets hit with the ball, I mean, he would have pushed us out of field goal position. So, yeah, you, you can't be doing that. It scared me a little bit. You can't take too many of those, Coach. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. No, I, I was concerned. I, I didn't. Think about the hit until it actually happened. Oh. But I was concerned with him going back so far that they weren't going to get that nineteenth point. You know, which I'm. Listen, as long as it's a two score game, 
uh, I'm nervous. Now, if it's a two-score game with, with two two-point conversions, I feel a little bit better at 19. But I was still nervous at 13. More of your or phone. 16, excuse me. Yeah, more of your phone calls coming up. A special edition of the fifth quarter with head coach Dave Campo, with All-Pro Leon Searcy, the hacker Ryan Green with you in for the drill today. Coming up next, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. We'll talk Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk Jaguars, Jets, and more. That's next here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Welcome to a special edition of The Drill with the boys from the fifth quarter in for Dan and Jeff. Here's Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. Eight o'clock hour has arrived. Fifth quarter, 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Of course, we're in for The Drill every Friday here on The Drill. It's a GFL Friday, a green for life Friday. Appreciate Prosser and Hicken. Letting us sit in today as they enjoy a little bit of downtime. E, you're working. You're a hardworking man, E to the T. You're here regardless. It could be us. It could be them. E's working. I got to tell you this, too, and I tell you this every time I come in in the morning. The newfound respect, as if I didn't have enough respect for you already, but the fact that you get up at 4 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, to do this. I woke up at 4.30. I didn't go back to bed. I was worried I was going to sleep through the alarm. So I've actually been here since about 5.30 this morning. I cannot imagine doing that five days a week, E. Hey, you don't grind, you don't shine, baby, just like them jazz. You don't grind, you don't shine. <laughs> that's that's right. There's no doubt about that. That's my motto in life, actually. I use that one, too. Uh, let's welcome in Denny Thompson, the quarterback whisperer. I know he's a big fan of that one. Uh, Denny, Trevor Lawrence last night, you made the point with us before we came on here. In that weather, in those conditions, to throw for 230-plus yards. He ran the ball very well, too. What a performance by the Jaguar quarterback last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he didn't look any different than if it was sunny outside. It, it, every pass was on the mark. Every pass was on time. He had a couple of drops, which you can understand in that type of weather. Um, but, but I mean, that is a guy that's unaffected by the circumstances right now. He's unaffected by pressure. He's unaffected by weather. He's unaffected by game plan. He's, he is there to win a football game. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's some guys that aren't. There's some guys that are there to get money, right, to, to, to pad stats. That's, that's not him. And I think you've got the leader on defense. You've got the leader on offense that both share that mentality. When you have 185 tackles or whatever it is, you, you don't care about your body at that point. You're on a mission. You're, you're winning football games. And 16 is the same way. 16's running the ball. 16's talking trash. 16 has figured out the intensity that it takes to play every Sunday in the NFL, and the man just had an 11-day stretch that was phenomenal. I got three good guys to ask this question to. I want to get your opinion. Leon, we'll begin with you. This is a Jaguar show, obviously, but the big topic out of the game last night nationally is how terrible Zach Wilson was. If you're a player on that team, on that Jets team, and you see Zach Wilson just getting booed unmercifully by the home crowd. Just awful last night. He was awful. As a teammate, Leon, I mean, what do you talk to him on the sideline? Are you mad at him and you want nothing to do with him? I mean, how do you handle that situation? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, listen, just watching the game, I know absolutely nothing about quarterbacking, but I know this about playing 11 years in the NFL, that your ability to process information – faster, helps you play better. So you would have to question 
And then he was talking about this off the air, his playbook, his his knowledge of the of of, of the plays. Because I know that one thing about it, when I played in the field, when I started with the Steelers, you got to know what the hell you're doing. When you know what the hell you're doing, you go out there and you, you're not – the NFL is about reaction. You know, you, you, don't, you don't learn – it's not like class where you learn on, on the fly. You got to have all that information in your head, and then you got to go out there and process it and execute it at a very high and intense level. When I'm watching this kid right here, something is just not clicking. But that Cisco sack – he came around the corner. He had no idea he was there. How do you not see say that? You were saying that's quarterback 101. He was talking about that off the air. That's quarterback 101. You see the safety coming down. It's not like it's on your blind side. It's on your front side. How do you not see that? So, it, to me, when I watch Zach Wilson, it's just like he's just not processing the information, which means that he's not into the playbook like he should if he's playing that poorly. And, Coach, if you're Robert Sala, how do you not yank <clears throat> him earlier? They eventually replaced him, but – he was awful last night at halftime. Don't you have to go in there and make a change? They didn't make it till late in the third quarter. Well, you know, I think a lot of it is organizationally. You know, you paid a lot of money for this guy, and, and you know, you want to give him every opportunity to, you know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't sign him with the number two pick thinking that he was going to be lousy. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of times they're not helping him that much, I don't think, offensively what they're doing. I think Denny will talk even more about that in a second, but to me, at that point in the ball game, they were not out of the ball game at any time, in my opinion, even though it looked bad. You know, if you're less than two scores, you know, they were, you know, two touchdowns, and it's 17-16, you know. So uh, I wouldn't have pulled them. I think what he did was he said, look, if we're going to get in this thing, we've got to get the running game going, and that's when he made the decision. But uh, – you know, that's an organizational decision as well, I think. Denny, was it mental with Zach Wilson? Is, I mean, he's got talent, right? He just – he looks lost out there. He has a ton of talent. Like, I mean, it's – it's he's teaching book for mechanics. Like, that. if we're going to take a kid and say, hey, we want you to throw like this, it's going to be him and Aaron Rodgers and a couple of those guys. Like, he's he's got that. There's just something off. Like, I, I think it's a combination of what everybody just said. I think, you know, the playbook – he reminds me of Tua, Tua's first year. It's like he can make a throw and you're like, whoa, holy cow. But then you go back to that route and he's, you know, a half a second late and that thing's day near picked. I mean, 31, day near had three picks and he didn't have the picks because the throws were so bad that they were out of the defender's range. Right. right? I yeah. mean, that, that, that to me is a guy who's not seeing things in real time. That's to me a guy who sees a guy wide open, doesn't pay attention to who's in front or behind him, and just rockets it as hard as he possibly can. The, the other thing that I, I – and, and Coach Campo just hit on this. When you look at the game plan the Jets came in with and when you look at the game plan the Jags came in with, it's like they were playing two completely different football games. The Jets tried to hit deep. They tried to hit double moves. They tried to hit, you know, five-step stuff. They tried – I mean, they went deep into the count. And you can't do that. It's like, it's like you're already holding a wet ball hoping you don't fumble. Now you're going to get a greater chance of getting hit. But the bigger thing is that ball ain't getting any drier when it's raining like that and it's sitting in your hand for five seconds, right? You're re-gripping that over and over and over again. I, 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 don't, I think it was a terrible job of the Jets organization all the way around last night. And conversely, I think Doug Peterson's a genius. I, I think what he went in there with and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. We know what the conditions are. 
and and they executed it dang near perfectly. Now, had had the Jets jumped ahead, coach, with that game plan, then we would have seen Doug Peterson on the move and seen what he was really made of then. But he didn't have to do that. Let me ask you the same thing I talked with Coach and with Leon about while we have you in that you train these quarterbacks, you train every aspect of their game. Um, Trevor Lawrence, a very competitive guy, but you can't take that shot with six minutes to go last night, right? I mean, that's a knockout shot. There's a lot of quarterbacks that would not have gotten up from that. If you're Doug Peterson today, you say, Trevor, I mean, I love your your competitiveness, but you're up 13, middle of the fourth quarter. The game's obviously not really in doubt at that point. You got to get down, man. You got to throw that thing away. You cannot take a shot like Trevor took last night. It's not that one. I know what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing. It's not that one, but a couple series earlier, he had a good run, and he didn't get down on that. That's the one that if I'm the coach, I'm going, Trev, come on, dude. Like You're fighting for an extra six inches here, and, and we, we, we can't have that. Now, the, the one you're talking about, me personally, it doesn't bother because Trev stood in there and knew I can't take the sack. You know, we need this field goal. Can't take the sack. Six difference since thirteen to sixteen points is huge in the NFL. Like I can't take it. So to me, that showed like a toughness and a situation awareness. That once you get that situation awareness, man, like you can't just tell a kid to get down. Like it, it's taken them this long to get that instinct to go. We need this play, and I'm confident in this play, and I'm going to sit on it long enough that I think I have it. And I think Leon would tell you, like the offensive line knows that. They see their guy hang back there in a 13-point game and he may get hit. I don't think they got anything but respect for Trevor on that. Now, on the one he didn't get down, I would have expected Leon back in the day to go pick his butt up and say, hey, get your ass down next time. Like, that, that's two different plays in my mind. You know, a guy we haven't talked about at all, Leon, yet, Travis Etienne. He got 1,000 yards rushing on the air. I think, ironically enough, he's actually on the 1,000-yard mark. He needed 83 yards going in. He got 83 yards last night. The running game had been faltering a little bit recently, but 100 yards last week, 83 yards last night. What did you see out of ETN and the running game? I mean, he, he's going to be an important part if we're going to make this run uh, for the playoffs. Uh, he didn't fumble. That that was key. He did. He, he had a couple. Close. He had he a couple close. of. He had a couple of them. Now. I don't know. Leon, it looked times. to me like he had four fumbles and four he, fumble recoveries. He, he yeah. did. He, he, you are right. Absolutely. We're right. we're, we're but, one one of those none, away from having a very different conversation yeah, 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 this morning yeah, yeah, about absolutely. him. Absolutely. None, none of them hit the ground, but there was a couple of uh, close calls. And but he didn't fumble the ball. He did get a thousand yards, which is uh you know I, I would think a milestone for him coming from that Liz Frank from last year. I mean he. If we're going to go as far as we need to go, you know, we're going to need that combination of uh, Trevor Lawrence and ATM running the ball effectively. Man, listen, the, the, how explosive he looks right now coming off that list, Frank. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's all we all needed to see, right? Like, he's not hesitant at all. This dude hits the hole hard. But they got a couple extra days, man. I, I mean, I'm not sure they shouldn't go back old school of ball security with a couple of those. Omar Epps style in the movie The Program. You just carry the ball around with you all absolutely. over the facility. Yeah, and you tell you it, if high, anybody high and tight, else baby, if anybody else brings me this football but you, you're going to wish you were never born. <laughs> now I'm talking like jogging home in the rain. Like let, let's let's get serious here because I mean, what are we first series now, 3 games in a row with the fumble? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, look, it, it's a problem and you made this point a couple weeks ago, Travis Etienne is labeled as a fumbler now. Right. So in every defensive meeting room, for every team the Jaguars are going to play, guess what? They're going to know they're going to go after the ball with Travis Etienne 
because he's known to put it on the ground. No question about it. That's one of the things that, you know, we did every week is if we got one that we thought was a little shaky with the ball, we were going after it big time. And that's, that's what they're going to do. That's the league, you know, and, and you certainly don't want to get the reputation of being a fumbler. And he kind of has that right now. Hey, Coach, I got a question. So you go into a week, you're checking weather. You got people to check weather for you. I, I, like it, You're getting the reports all the time, right? And then you get to the game, and it is, uh, crap. Because you always think you may catch a break, right? What What's the coach's mentality at that point? Is the coach's mentality what the Jacks did last night is we got to get ahead and then just make sure we don't turn it over? Is that is that what, everything you're trying to do at that point? Well, first of all, you know, obviously uh, ball security is mm-hmm. huge every week. When you have a situation like going into a game like this, that's you don't talk about the weather. You just practice the weather. Yeah. In other words, you, you go in with the idea that, hey, again, we need to protect the ball. That's the most important thing that we have. And they, I'm sure they worked with a wet ball a little bit during the week. But you don't really emphasize that. That's like telling a guy, don't fumble. Right. You say, hang on to the ball. Yep. Don't say, you know, don't do the negative, do the positive. And that's really how you Well, that's what I was game. asking because I don't remember who it was. It may have been Zay Jones. I don't remember who it was last night, but made the comment that they were checking the weather all week. Evan Ingram did. Evan Ingram, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I just thought that was interesting I, I, because I, I'm like, Coach, it's like the old saying of walking up to the pitcher's mound and go, don't throw this dude high. Yeah. Right. He's going to throw him high. Exactly. Right? Like It's that same thing. But Well, it's obvious Peterson put that in their minds because he brought up Philadelphia in the postgame. Yeah. Yeah, we had a game against Philadelphia where – we didn't do very well in a situation like this. We really worked on it. It was an emphasis. And for Evan Ingram, who had a huge game, by the way, and Denny, I wanted to ask you about Ingram here in a moment, but it's obvious the Jaguars knew their limitations in the weather against Philly, and they worked on that this week against New York. Back to Evan Ingram. Um, I loved the signing when it happened. I didn't like the one-year deal because I kind of thought this was going to happen. He bet on himself, and he's going to win. That's now a priority, right? The Jaguars going into the offseason – He's getting awfully close to maybe even franchising him because you cannot let Evan Ingram out of here. He is too vital a part of this team. He might be the best player on offense other than Trevor Lawrence right now. He's good. I mean, he's he's the issue like Darren Waller is. He's the issue like Tra- – not, and I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but he's that matchup issue that you have to deal with. Like, you, you can't keep the same personnel of him in or out of the game. By the way, he's not Kelsey, but he's a top five tight end right that, now. No, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I, I, he blocks well enough that you've got to honor him being in the game defensively in the run game. But then he's so athletic. I mean, he ran away from Sauce Gardner across the field like yesterday. Right? And that's a man beater, too. It's, he's supposed to run away. So I'm not knocking Sauce Gardner. But, no, I mean, I think you've got to do what you can. We've been talking about for a decade getting tight ends in the city, and now you have one that fits today's game. Maybe your most explosive player on offense right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you pay that man. Leon, what's the mindset of a player with the, quote, prove-it deal? He could have gotten a long-term deal somewhere else. He chose to do the one-year, uh, you know, deal here in Jacksonville. Took some less money, obviously, to do that because he wanted to prove he's one of the best tight ends in the league. He's going to come out victorious on the other side. That takes some stones, right, to do that and turn down long-term deals other places. I mean, I mean he, he was in, a, he was in a, a gaudy situation. I mean, this was a guy who was a former first-round pick who didn't pan out too well with the New York Giants. And oftentimes, a lot of these guys get a reputation. He had a reputation when he was with the Giants dropping the football. 
and maybe that that had an effect on him with free agency. So he said to himself, well, look, I'm not going to get a long-term deal. I'm getting a raw deal about the catches and, and drop football. So I'm going to sign a one-year deal, bet on myself, prove myself prove myself right, and and see what happens. So, so, I mean, he took a chance on himself. He bet on himself, and he's going to be a rich man because of it. And to be fair for the Jacks, too, it's not like they gave this man a one-year prove-it deal at league minimum. Yeah. No. Nine, I mean, nine it's million. A prove, yeah, yeah, nine, nine million is yeah. not a bad prove-it deal. Yeah, but I right. think when you sign a free agent, you want to sign him for more than one year. Yeah, and that, that was Ingram's. He ain't going to get $9 million a year in free agency. He's not. He's going to get a He's – he'll get a four-year – what, $20 million deal? $20, $23 million deal? Zay Jones got three years, 24 last year. Zay Jones year. a receiver. Yeah. I I mean, I'm just – maybe he does, but I I kept hearing them say that prove-it deal. I'm like, man, give me that prove-it deal. Nine mil for a yeah. year? No, oh, it's a good year, and they had the yeah. money to spend, no question. Yeah. I, look, I, I think Evan Ingram becomes a priority, no question about it. And that goes back to Kirk and Zay Jones. You know, Trevor Lawrence, Denny, is, is with these guys, they're all having career years. Every one of them. I like what NFL Network said yesterday. Maybe call them the Expendables because they're all with their second or even third team in Zay Jones's case. Kirk, the former Cardinal, Engel, or Ingram, the former Giant, Jones, the former Raider, and Bill. Yet they come to Jacksonville all in the same offseason. They're all 60-plus catches. They're all 650-plus yards. Career years for all three of them, which goes to show you what Trevor Lawrence and yeah. Doug Peterson are doing. That's that's the whole point. I mean, that's why Trevor Lawrence, when you get a great one, that's the difference maker because he makes everyone better. And there was a lot of people earlier in the year saying, oh, Trevor Lawrence won't do this and that. But you could see it from the beginning, in my opinion. That's just, as a coach, you could see it from the beginning. There were things he needed to improve on. He's a worker. He's smart. But he he's the guy that, that gives those guys a chance to do those things, and they're doing it. That's it. One of the things we don't talk about enough is is the execution. We, we talk about execution, but a lot of times we don't explain what that means, right? And so in the passing game, the execution at the receiver level, the tight end position, is, is at a very high level. Like I mean, their distance, their spacing is perfect. They're not making things a jumbled read for, for Trevor. Like So as much credit as I will give Peterson especially for making sure that that happens in the first year there because coach you know even at that at that level like that's that's a problem like you have guys getting run off their routes and they get lazy and just run into each other instead of creating a better situation for somebody else Jacksonville's not doing that Jacksonville under the the receivers understand what they're trying to do with this offense they understand they got a guy that can get on the ball no matter where they're at and they're staying true to the rules of the passing game and that's why we're seeing guys schemed open we haven't seen that in years here in years, we've we've how many times have we come in and done post game shows where it's like, why is the team that we're playing having guys running wide open, but we never do? Right. That that has been flipped, and that is in large part to Peterson's system, Trevor's timing, but those receivers being true to the rules of each and every concept. And man, you got to tip your cap to just the whole organization for the Jags for making that turnaround that quick. Hey, Denny, final question. Um, you look at Trevor; he's obviously one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. Right now, you could argue he's top five, really, since week nine. You got 10 days now before Houston. What do you think he needs to work on? I mean, he's played great, but are there things that you've seen in the last five or six weeks where, yeah, that's good, but it could be even that much better? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's things here and there, but I, I think with the Jags right now, you, you don't really want to highlight those things. 
Like you want to keep a, a highlight reel in his head going because he's playing with so much confidence, right? If you can find one or two things that you can dig into in these next few days, here's what you got to do. Let me back up on this. You got to decide, are those one or two things going to help him more than four days off? And that answer may be no because the confidence that he's playing with. Because anytime you start to tinker with the base or mechanics or anything like that, or even the way he's going through progressions, you're running a small risk of him taking a step back before he takes a step forward. And this isn't the time to do that. Like, I think you worry about that in March. You know, uh, one of the things that Denny brought up last year on the guy, they highlighted it again on TV last night, was the fact that he was long, his stride was too long. He, yep. That's what the kind of worker he is. All you have to do is mention something to him, and he's going to work. On that's right. It. Yeah, they were throwing out numbers last night. I guess two point eight seconds last year was that, that's his unbelievable. But now it's like two point four nine. No, right? that's what I'm saying. To, yeah. to knock off half a second in the NFL. I, I mean, I would love to see who else has done that. That that list has got to be extremely short. That, like his. Yeah, like his release and his delivery. Yeah. Uh, quickly, with Trevor, um, I know I said final question, but you piqued my interest. He ran the <laughs> ball a lot more last night. Yeah. Is that something we're going to see more of? If we get that weather again. You think that's what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, as a quarterback, anytime you roll out, the question is, what's the risk-reward in this throw? And when you add the weather into that, like he better be wide open to make that throw. So I think a lot of times it was quick one read. I don't I haven't seen the all-22, but – and a lot of times they rolled him out. It was probably a quick one or two read. And if they're not wide open, Trevor, he'll get what you get. And, and he's so athletic, he pulled it off. But he is. He, the one thing he's learned is, you know, don't hold that ball. That's right. If it's not there, get out of there. Yeah. That's right. And he's capable yep. of making those. Moves. He did fumble again last night. Got to work on that. Eight fumbles, I believe, on the year now for Trevor Lawrence. He is the owner of six points. He is Denny Thompson, the quarterback. I'll call him the quarterback trainer guru instead of the other one that you don't particularly enjoy. Uh, happy holidays, my friend. What's the plan for you? You too, man. Merry Christmas. We're a Christmas family. We're starting. We get done with our camp tonight. We've had a three-day camp. Christmas starts tonight for the Thompson family. Beautiful. Yes. Denny, we'll talk to you next week. All Merry right. Christmas. That is Denny Thompson. Back to your phone calls next. A special edition of the fifth quarter. We're in for the drill with Leon Searcy and the head coach, Dave Campo. The hacker, Ryan Green, with you, Jacksonville. A 19-3 winner over the New York Jets last night. Jacksonville has now won three in a row. Three wins in 11 days. That is unbelievably hard to do. That's what your Jaguars have done. Your phone calls next. 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Special edition of the fifth quarter. And for the drill, 1010XL 92.5 FM. Your phone call is coming up next after a Jaguar 19-3 victory over the New York Jets last night. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a special teams player of the game. He is brought to you by the McKeever Clinic. E, let's do it right now. The McKeever Clinic, special teams player of the game. Now, the special teams player of the game. Brought to you by the urological specialist of McKeever Clinic. I understand, Leon, that he missed a field goal. I get it. But he also made three and an extra point in that weather yesterday in New York. A swirling win. Riley Patterson, good from 32, 45, and 41. 
when you can make three field goals and your extra point in that last night, I'll forgive the miss. He is this week's special teams player of the game. Uh, he's getting close to being called Mr. Dependable. He's very huh? good, yeah. We're going to need field goals moving forward. So, absolutely. Should be special teams player of the week. Coach, what yeah. does that do for a game plan when you know that your <clears throat> kicker is almost automatic from 45 yards and in? Well, it, it's big because, you know, that's when you start taking the points, you know, and not fooling around because, you know, when he missed the one, you know uh, – you know, I, I know that uh, Doug thought it was automatic that he was going to make it. Yeah, and it was weird because, I, I mean, Doug Peterson, the Riverboat Gambler, you would have thought on fourth and yeah. was about a half a yard yeah, that well, he was going to go for it. weather, he was going to take the points, and yeah. the kid just missed it, you know, and it's too bad. You know, I'll be honest with you, the, I'm not worried about the kid kicking field goals. I was burned up when he kicked the ball out, out of bounds. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Because, <laughs> and he's done that a couple of times. Yes. You yeah. cannot yeah. do that as we get deeper into this right. thing. No. Right. I mean, right. field position for the Jaguars is going to be crucial. No, I do agree that he's the player. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. No, that right. He's not the special teams player of the game, but boy, I was, I was uh, cussing a storm up when he kicked it out of bounds. Well, and like truthfully, Logan Cook was good last night. He pinned him down at the one yard line. He just didn't have to do all that much. I mean, they didn't even punt the ball in the right. first exactly. half. Mm -hmm. exactly. It was a relatively light, uh, light night for Logan Cook. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Six four one ten ten. Your thoughts on the Jaguars' nineteen three win? Over the New York Jets, let's head down to Melbourne. Let's get Steve in here on 1010XL. Steve, what's going on? Hey, not too much, gentlemen. Uh, for you, E, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right, uh, before I get to my question for Coach Campo, Leon, that windshield rearview mirror metaphor, man, I paused and I was like, God, he turned into Yoda. That was that's amazing. amazing right yeah, I love it. I'm going to steal that. I, I do not make any bones that's, about that's that. That's part of my meditation. You know? <laughs> I, I, I went Jedi I, Knight on you. I, I pictured Yoda with a big cigar in. <laughs> but uh, uh, for Coach, uh, I love the way the defense played. They played with a lot of fire. But I just want to get your thoughts because I noticed Devin Lloyd looked like he played a little more once again. I don't know if that's Muma just being sore or anything. But it looks like the game might start to be slowing down for him. He's not moving away from his spots that much. He's always around the ball. He's taking good angles. And I, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on him. Steve, well, appreciate the phone call. Well, first of all, you know, he did. He is. And, and I think he's playing a little bit better. I think that with him on the field, it gives them a little bit of an advantage because, you know, they can actually have him go out and cover a, a really good running back in the man coverage. And they're starting to bring him a little bit more. You know, which I think is, uh, you know, that simplifies things for him. You know, I'm either rushing a passer, I'm playing a guy man-to-man. -man. Uh, his problem has been, you know, assimilating, going from zone to man, man to zone. He seems to be getting a little better at that. And, and he needs to be on the field because athletically, he makes the defense better athletically, no question. Let me ask both you guys. Leon, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson's getting crushed for his performance last night. But I think Mike Caldwell and the Jaguar defense need to get a little bit of credit, right? I mean, they, they played pretty well. The, the quick turnover, you call that blitz on third down there in the first quarter. Cisco gets in there, makes the sack, forced the Jets to a three and out. Yeah. I get Zach Wilson's getting all the grief, but the Jaguar defense had a little something to do with Bro, that. that, that in my opinion, that, that is what's, in my opinion, saved the game. When, when the Jaguars, when Trevor Lawrence got that sack fumble and it didn't – the defense had to transition in the short field. 
to hold them to a field goal. Because in my mind, I'm saying, man, we're going to give up seven, and they're going to score. They're going to be on top. We're going to be fall, we're going to fall behind. Had to catch up again. That that stellar that was that was that was big time what our defense did stopping them holding them to a field goal. Yeah. So Mike Caldwell, he absolutely listen. He knows what he's working with, so he's putting those guys in situations where they're going to succeed, and that's what you're seeing. And we we said this last couple of weeks before they got on this tear. We said that this team has to create turnovers and pressures in order to be competitive. Because on the back end, when they got real one one cover corner, we, we they had lack of pass rush. So, so what you're seeing now is a culmination of all these guys putting it together and making making things happen. Coach, I don't think I'm putting words in your mouth. You've been critical at times of the Jaguar defense this year and some of the things they've been doing. What did you see from them last night? Simplification. They they know what fronts they can get in now and what they need to do with it. They know what coverages they can run and feel comfortable with it. They're still going to have problems. You know, hopefully our offense is good enough now where they can overcome some things because defensively we're still – that's where our emphasis is going to be in the offseason. There's no mm-hmm. question about it. But they're at a point now, I think, where the guys know what they're doing for the most part, and that creates a lot of, you know, a lot of positiveness right there. And I think they believe – I think uh, Coach Caldwell is a player coach. You know, I think the guys believe in him. They like him. I, I think they have good coaches. I, I, I think they – Coach tough, but they, they're technique-oriented, and I think it'll just keep getting better. Six four one ten ten is the phone number. Are we going to, wow, South Dakota? Let's get James in here from South Dakota on 1010XL. James, what's going on? <laughs> Trying to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, we are too, actually, but you're probably a little colder than we are. Yeah, just a little bit. I was actually in Florida, in Jacksonville, three days ago before I got flown out here for work. So, yeah, it was quite a transition. But, uh, yeah, so one thing I'm noticing about the the Jags is they seem, the coaching staff particularly, they seem to be getting a a better idea of their personnel, what their strengths and weaknesses are. And they also seem to be doing a lot better with in-game changes and making modifications and game planning as the game goes on. Like when the... When uh, Scribbler came in, initially you saw that first drive. He was going up and down the field. But then you started seeing changes, started seeing personnel moves and things like that to kind of slow that down. And ultimately, they didn't end up scoring, even though they were driving up and down the field. So I want to get y'all's opinion on what you think, how do you think the coaching has been over the past several weeks to make those in-game changes to keep the guys successful. Hey, James, appreciate it. Stay warm out there in South Dakota. Coach, what about that? You're game planning all week. For Zach Wilson, a certain type of quarterback, they yank him, and instead of putting in Joe Flacco, who's 78 years old, they put in this caveman that I have never heard of before in my life, and all he starts doing is running people over and and just flexing his muscle. I'll tell you this, if I'm in a backyard brawl, I wanted that guy on my tough side because that dude looked like like a mean human being, but he was moving the ball on the Jaguar defense. It had to take some time because his game clearly 180 degrees from Zach Wilson's game. Yeah, and and you know of course they have a package for him. That's why you know he's they've got. Listen, uh, uh, John Madden used to say when you got three quarterbacks active, you got a problem. You know, and and that's the case. And before I even get to that, I want to say to James, uh, you know, very uh, observant of him 
seemed like a smart guy, except for one thing. He went back to South Dakota for any <laughs> length of time. Yeah. But uh, the biggest thing to me is, it, like, he's – they've been good at adjustments in the second half in a, in a bunch of ball games. Now I think they're starting to get the feeling that they know exactly what he just said. They know their personnel. They're, they're, they're simple. They know what they can do, what they can't do. That's a plus. Now, they've had problems with the zone read from everybody that they've played. So that's an issue. You know, they had no idea that was going to happen in a ballgame. They thought, sure, if Wilson wasn't in there, that Flacco was going to be in there. So it took them a little while. But, you know, that's the one thing about them. They can make adjustments, and they've been doing it during the course of the year. Leon, why all of a sudden over the last three weeks is this defensive line getting home? They had three sacks again last night. I mean, they've had, what, 10 sacks, 11 sacks in the last three games. There was a time, remember, that we were talking they did not get to the quarterback. That time has come and gone. What's going right right now? Well, I mean, just like Coach is saying, they they, they had to simplify things. Because if, if anything you, you could say about this Jaguar team, we're, we're, we're athletic. We're athletic at the line position. We're athletic up front. So you got to play to their strengths. You got to make it simple for them so they understand what coverages they're in, what defenses they're in, and just play off their, their, their athleticism. So when you can do that, I mean, you, more times than not, you're going to stand a lot of football games on your athletic prowess alone. So, uh, you know, it has to go off to Dave Caldwell, understanding what he's working with. Mike Caldwell. Mike. Oh, did I say oh, Dave? Don't bring say up that. Dave Mike. Caldwell. Mike. Oh, Mike. Not around Hacker. <laughs> Mike. Yeah, not around I saw me. You, I, saw you, I, saw you, I saw you tremble a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just went that. heel on him pretty quick. Mike Caldwell. Mike Caldwell. So he's doing a better job. He's doing an outstanding job with these guys up front. Yeah, you will never use the word Dave Caldwell, an outstanding job, ever, you know, one in the other same thing, sentence. One other thing, you know, you talk about adjustments and knowing your personnel and all that. Uh, if you noticed last night, Walker Little was – they pulled Walker some. Because of his athletic ability. Right. So they're mm-hmm. using his ability. Same thing. He was out in front of a couple of those screens. You know, those that's what a coaching staff is supposed to do when they understand their personnel and know their personnel. I think they're doing it on both sides of the ball. Let's head up to Nassau County to Uwe. Let's get Chris in here on 1010XL. Chris, what's going on? I have seen this team play up and down, 95. Good and bad. And the only bad I saw last night was the team in Gang Green. And you want to talk the weather? Dougie P has spilled more liquor than all the liquid that came out of the heavens last night. And yes, you may have a bad quarterback, but let's remember two years ago, you had a limousine riding, jet flying, kids stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, and he's having a hard time keeping these Jaguars down. And this, whoo! Chris, all right, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. I think Chris might have enjoyed himself last night in the Yulee uh, area up there. I think he's still enjoying yeah, himself. Yeah, probably morning. still getting after it there oh, yes. in Nassau County. All right. Um, we're going to step aside. We'll be back. More of your phone calls. We'll give you a play of the game. We got a drive of the game to come. We're with you till 10 o'clock, Jacksonville, although Victory Friday will continue all the way until 8 o'clock this evening it is a great day here if you are a jaguar fan as jacksonville seven and eight we'll set the scene for you as far as what last night's win means uh tennessee now plays twice before jacksonville plays again tennessee plays houston tomorrow 
They play Dallas a week from last night. And then, of course, Jacksonville plays Houston a week from Sunday. If Tennessee loses one of the next two, or if they lose both, if they lose at least one, the AFC South will be decided here in Jacksonville Week 18. Absolutely go. incredible. We're going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely we go incredible. Now, what's interesting about that, if Tennessee loses at least once, the Houston game for Jacksonville doesn't mean very much when it comes to the playoffs, more than likely. It doesn't mean anything for the division. But we'll lay everything out for you. There's a lot to unpack there with Leon Searcy, with Dave Campo, with E to the T on a Friday morning. It is the fifth quarter here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. They're a good plays. A gain of 25. Get that. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Quarterback sneak dives for the end zone. Touchdown. He dove over the top. Fit Trevor Lawrence. Touchdown, Jaguars. Welcome to a special edition of The Drill with the boys from the fifth quarter in for Dan and Jeff. Here's Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. Frank Frangie on the call last night here on Jaguars Radio. Trevor Lawrence, one yard over the top for the touchdown, proved to be the only touchdown of the game in a 19-3 win for the Jacksonville Jaguars every week here on the fifth quarter. We do give you a play of the game. That play of the game is brought to you by Performance Painting. E, let's hit it now. The Performance Painting play of the game. Now, the Performance Painting high-performance play of the game. Performance Painting. Prepare, protect, preserve. Dave Campo, your thoughts on plays like that, putting the ball out like that. It worked because it crossed the plane, but the ball got knocked out about a second later. Those defenders go after that ball, so... Luckily, it got across the plane, but you're always kind of weary of sticking the ball out like that. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that hack, to be honest with you, with a six-foot-four or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how tall he is, but, you know, the, he's going to get it over there before anybody can get to it. The problem I have with a quarterback sneak sometimes is the snap, you know, because you want to get the snap clean and go. You know, you don't want any penetration at all. So, mm. you know, if it's the less than one yard, He's going to get the touchdown every time. That ball's going to cross the plane. Leon, there was a time this year where short yardage was a problem for the Jaguars, thinking back to the Giants game in particular. But my goodness, a lot of third and ones now they're getting with relative ease. And and watching those plays, you tell me, I watch Fortner, the center, the rookie. He's not a rookie anymore. I mean, he started 15 games in the NFL. You're a rookie only on paper at this point. He looks like he's getting the job done on a lot of those situations. No, he is, and, and you, you, your running game has been as, as effective as your three interior linemen, and I think they've done a, a, a splendid job throughout the whole season, kind of, especially in those kind of situations, those crucial situations where you need to get the third and short or you need to get the quarterback sneak. So those guys have uh, – you got to tip your hat at those guys because early on during the season they struggle with the short yard situation, so it's good to see them be a lot more effective down the stretch. Six four one ten ten. Is the phone number? It is a GFL Friday here on 1010XL. Green for Life Friday again, the fifth quarter in for the drill, Dan and Jeff. Back to the phone lines we go at 641 1010. Let's go to my neck of the woods to Mandarin. Let's get Dave in here on 1010XL. Dave, what's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. Papa G here. How y'all doing? Hey, we're good, brother. What's going on with you? 
I'm in Mandarin right now, but I'm thinking about heading up to Nassau County and hooking up with Chris. We got 24 <laughs> hours to celebrate. There is no <laughs> doubt about that. Unbelievable, man. But listen, man, I woke up this morning early, 5.30. I set my alarm on one of the six o'clockers, and Prosser was off and uh, and, and uh, Dan was off. So I, I held on for a little over an hour on CBS Sports Radio, and I actually got on national radio, man, and I, I gave us props, man, and I represented the way we should have represented it, man. But uh, let me tell you something. Uh, Hacker, we appreciate you, man. I went to Forest High School. I know you're a Wolfpack, man. And uh, there's some good memories there between us and uh, and Leon. One of these days, I'm 63 years old, man. I'd love to sit down with you and share a cigar and get you some lemon pepper wings. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, Coach Campo, thank you for all of your insight. And and most, most importantly, man, E.T., man, Emmanuel, I can't remember maybe one or two times that he had car problems and you know most people would take the whole entire day off no sir that man pushed his car find a jump start i don't know what he did but he got into the studio so the next time his car is broken down i think we need to chip in and get him a limousine down to 1010 xl man that'd hey, be, I, like that'd be a great thing. I like the way that sound although the car don't break down too often but let's do that anyways come on somebody <laughs> Hey, Dave, thank you for the phone call, man. Yeah, look, it's a love fest today. And, Coach, you keep bringing it up more and more and more. Um, the coffee tastes better this morning. The drive into the radio station, the drive into work, the drive to, heaven forbid, you're going shopping today. I can't imagine that scenario, but in case you are going shopping right now, everything is just better today in our area if you're a Jaguar fan, a Jaguar supporter, a Jaguar media member, because for the first time in at least five years, we have not only something that resembles an NFL team, because that hasn't always been the case, particularly the last couple of years, but we have something that resembles a good NFL team. Yeah, I think the last five ball games have been uh, indicative of a team that's uh, capable of beating uh, anybody in the league on a given day. And, you know, of course, that term on any given day is probably overused, but in the NFL, that's that's a true statement, you know. And when you have confidence and you have uh, guys that are that are making plays, uh, they can beat anybody at any time in this league. There's nobody that just is so far out there that you can't win on that Sunday. And this team here is proven that they're getting to that point. They've beaten three contenders and a, a team that's fighting for a, a, a playoff bid this last night. Well, Leon, you alluded to something before we started that I thought was interesting. You know, we talk about the swagger that this team has. Was it Roy Robertson Harris last night? Talk about what he said about this is like our culture, this is who we are, winning games like this. They're changing the narrative is what they're doing. Well, what he, what he was saying when he was walking off the field after the game, he was saying uh, he's been interviewed and he said, uh, you know, we, we still got work to do. Uh this is the new standard here in Jackson. The new standard, right? Yeah. So the, those 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 keynote words let you know that uh, the coaching staff is doing a hell of a job. Doug Peterson is doing a hell of a job to getting that old stank, that old funk that Jacksonville used to be. You know, uh, I told before Doug Peterson came here, I said that the one thing you got to do with this coach with the, these players is change their mindset. The mindset of this team over the last decade or so is that you're bad, you're terrible, you're this, you're that. So Doug Peterson had to come in and let these guys know, not only by the way he he runs practice or the way he's the ex, he's got to get these guys off of that old way of thinking. You know, as the mind as you think it, so you are. You know, so they had to get Jacksonville out of the narrative that they were losers, they were bad, this, this, and that. 
and it comes through also winning ball games and executing and playing to your level of expectations. But yeah, but he he's talking now. He's talking like a team that wants more. He wants more, and, and that's what you need from your team. Your team is not complacent, or they're not they're not comfortable with where they are. They know they still got work to do. And perhaps this isn't fair, but thinking back to that 2017 team, as much fun as that was, and it was unbelievably fun. You had the Jalen Ramsey situation where he went to talk to what magazine was that, where he's like ripping half the quarterbacks in the league, and then. He would ultimately fake a back injury and get out of here. And Gawkway seemed to be pretty uh, unhappy here towards the end. Dante Fowler, I'm not even going to get into that situation, but he was traded at a certain time for a couple of things that had happened. Um, I get the sense now you think we're turning that corner. The arrow is pointing up for the first time in five years. This might be more sustainable than that one was because I think that team, as young as they were, I think they were reading their press clippings a little much. I think they were getting kind of full of themselves. What do you say? Smelling themselves mm. a little bit. I don't get the sense that that's going to happen with this team. Yeah, because that team didn't have Trevor Lawrence. That's a good point. That team has Trevor Lawrence. And I know you love Blake. I do love Blake. I know you love Blake Borders. But if that team had Trevor Lawrence, they win a Super Bowl. Coach, is there anything to that? You know, the fact that this – team might be kind of humble. There's a lot of guys on this team that it didn't work out for them on the first team or their second team. Some guys on this team, this is kind of a, a last shot, you know, their, their last chance to really do something at a relatively young time in their career. Is there anything to that? Well, I, I definitely think that there is something to being a team, you know, and I think this team is a team, you know, they, they like each other. They, there's no, there's not a lot of drama in the locker room. It doesn't sound like, which is, which was kind of the case back with the team that, that you were talking about. Uh, I, think, I don't think there's any question that uh, this team uh, is, is more cohesive. Uh, they, they, they play for each other. They're playing for the coaching staff. The coaching staff is, has got their ear. Uh, that's why this team is, has got a chance to sustain. But they're going to need better players, you know, going forward if they're going to. They need to, they need to, consi- uh, to continue adding players to it. I think we're in agreement, and Leon, you brought this up earlier. I know I've talked about it on Hacker After Dark. They're a year ahead, right? I mean, I they're, think they're so, a year yeah. ahead of the curve. None of us look. I thought they'd go seven and ten this year, which technically they still could. But I would have never, in my wildest dreams, thought they'd be controlling their own destiny at Christmas for an AFC South championship. Yeah, I think I, they're a year ahead. Well, uh, and Leon, you could speak to this as well, but. You know, it brings me back to, to, I think I've said this, I don't know if I said it this morning, I've forgotten what I've said already, but uh, it brings me back to my, our second year in Dallas after we went 1-15. The second year, we were 3-7, and seven. we won four in a row, the quarterback got hurt, we didn't make it, so we finished 7-9, and nine. but that bode well for the following year, and, uh, you know, I think that's where this team is right now, and hopefully they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and that's a positive. But uh, if they don't, it's this team is is destined going forward to be better next year. And uh, by the way, I have to give a shout out to my son Michael that works for the PGA. He just texted me and said, "You need to get me on the radio." So <laughs> I'm doing it right now. There you go. That's what it's all about, Leon. They are a year ahead, right, of where mm-hmm. we expected them to be. Yeah, but here's the thing: they, you want them to taste. From the from the chocolate, you you want you want that that wine 
you want you want them to taste it. And no matter what they do in the playoffs moving forward, uh, and I know going into the offseason, they're going to be even hungrier next year because they got a taste of it. You want this young team to get a taste of the playoffs, get no matter what they do, win, lose, whatever. So when next year rolls around, they'll have that experience. They'll know what it takes to go on runs, two and three game runs, to go into the playoffs. So moving forward next year, that'll be will be accelerated. Because if you look at it, in those five losses, this team could easily be ten and four and not having to go through all this. Oh, you look. I mean, the Giants they lost by a yard. Yes. The Texans that's their only win was the Jaguars. Denver is awful. And to lose that game the way they did. I mean, you could, Indianapolis, the Jaguars had them beat, and then Alec Pierce did what he did against Shaquille Griffin, who we haven't seen in, you know, a month and a half for whatever reason. It's just amazing all the things that, that went through the Jaguars' fingertips. And yet, despite all of that, here we are two days from Christmas, and they're two wins away, really one win away almost, from winning an AFC South championship. Let's get one more in on this side. If you're on the line, we will get to you. We're with you until 10 o'clock. We'll hand things off to Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith on Jaguars today. Let's go to the west side. Let's get Josh in here on 1010XL. Josh, what do you got? Man, first of all, I got to shout out my man E.T., my man Cersei. You know, I'm always listening to a big Cersei fan. And how about them Jag Duval? <laughs> but, nah, for real, um, this is the first time I can say as being a Jaguars fan, I've grown up a Jaguars fan and been to Duval my whole life, that I looked at the score last night at work, and I'm like, oh, we can win this game. Oh, they held him to three points? Oh, yeah, Trav's about to go down and get a touchdown. There's going to be some light work today. It's the first time, and I can say a couple years, I can feel like I can actually trust this Jaguars team. I, I want to get you guys' perspective on it. And Trevor becoming a top-team quarterback, I, I had to convince my dad this was so, but I saw it all year. I told him last year with Urban Meyer was a one-off. This year is his true rookie year and his 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 chance to get a grasp on what's going on. I think he's done that pretty well. Hey, Josh, appreciate it. I don't think he's becoming a top-ten quarterback. He is a top-ten quarterback right now. And, you know, and I know Prosser did this on the drill a couple of, uh, I guess, maybe last week. I know other shows have done it. If you just start going through the quarterbacks that you would take over Trevor Lawrence right now, Mahomes, I'm not going to argue that. Josh Allen, not going to argue that. Herbert, I didn't think played very well at all last week, but in the court of public opinion, I think people would think I'm crazy if I didn't say Herbert. Burrow, probably. All right, now what sucks about that is all four of those guys are in the AFC. After you get by those four, there are conversations to be had. I mean, is it a foregone conclusion you take Jalen Hurts over Trevor Lawrence? I don't know that. Is it a foregone conclusion you take Lamar Jackson over Trevor Lawrence? I don't know that. You could legitimately argue, Leon, that Trevor might be a top five quarterback right now. Well, listen, there's only two quarterbacks in the AFC I'll take over him. Only two? Only two. Who? Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. You would not take Burrow or Herbert? No, not right now. Wow. That's my quarterback. <laughs> I'm doing my T.O. impression. I like that. That's my quarterback. I, he's playing just he's playing as well as any quarterback in the league right now. But it, it does go to show you, though, the quarterbacks I rattled off, the AFC for the next decade oh, yeah. is insane. It's an arms race. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Deshaun I mean, Watson. Deshaun Watson. I mean, good yes. grief, the quarterbacks in the American Football Conference. 
Yeah, this conference, there's no question that they're, you know, that's there's probably nine guys that are that are top quarterbacks in the league. And I agree with Leon 100%. In the last five or six ball games, this guy has played, if not better than any quarterback in the league during, the, during that stretch. Now, we'd probably be going overboard to say he's the best quarterback in the league because th- that hasn't been proven. But in the last five games, he's as good as any of them, if not better. Six four one ten ten is the phone number. Phone lines open, Jacksonville, here on the fifth quarter. And for the drill, we are glad you are with us. More your phone calls. We'll do a drive of the game. I think that'll be pretty easy to figure out. And we'll continue to discuss the Jaguars, a 19-3 winner over the New York Jets. We'll get into playoff scenarios, and we'll get into Week 18. That game is going to be for the AFC South Championship, and it's going to be right here in Jacksonville, and odds are it's going to be flexed to either a Saturday night or a Sunday night on Week 18. There's a lot to get into, Jacksonville. We're glad you're with us. A victory Friday rolls on here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Feel it coming in the air, yeah. and the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous love affair. Welcome to a special edition of The Drill with the boys from the fifth quarter in for Dan and Jeff. Here's Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. Jaguars ran New York City last night. There is no doubt about that. A 19 three victory for the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of the big moments of the game was the drive of the game every week on the fifth quarter. We do give you that. It's brought to you by Tire Outlet. E, let's hit it right now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet, wholesale prices, premium service. Coach, I'm not breaking any news here, but when you go 96 yards and 16 plays, taking eight minutes and 15 seconds off the clock, culminating in a Trevor Lawrence one-yard touchdown plunge, clearly that was the drive of the game, and that basically all but ended the game, come to find out. The Jets uh, obviously only scoring three points. That touchdown drive was exceptional last night. Well, you know, they've done those long drives all year. And, and some of them that haven't culminated with a touchdown, which is a little bit of a shame, but it's also kept our defense off the field in a number of situations. Now, that particular drive, the thing that was unique about it, there was only one third down play, and that was the third and goal on the, the one-yard line. right, yeah. And so, you know, they, when, you, when you're executing like that, that's <clears> when <throat> this team is good. Coach, or, uh, Leon, as an offensive lineman, mm. When you're going 16 plays, 96 yards, 8 minutes and 15 seconds, you can probably look in the defense's eyes and know you got them on that drive. They can't stop you. Mm-hmm. And on that drive, the Jets could not stop Jackson. Well, I mean, if you, if you watch that drive, if you look at the defense of the Jets, a vaunted defense like the Jets, they were clearly frustrated because you figure that when you pin them back at the four-yard line, most defenses say you're not going to 96 <laughs> yards on us. And then if you saw you saw the body language a lot of their defenders, especially Mosley, uh, Mosley was, was upset. He was upset. He yes. was absolutely upset because they, the Jaguars did a flawless job of executing. Like Coach said, they didn't have like one thing, not not one third down until they got to the goal line. So that means that the level of execution was very high. So that means we were getting all our yards and chunks in first and second down. So, yeah, absolutely. You, you do that, like Coach says, you give your defense rest 
and then you give your team confidence that no matter where you are on the field, that you can move the ball up and down the field and score. Six four one ten ten is the phone number to the state of Alabama. We go. Let's get Jonathan in here on ten ten XL. Jonathan, go ahead. First off, Merry Christmas and Duval. Indeed, same to you, Jonathan. I was watching the game last night. Offense played great. Defense played great. And you know what? Zach Wilson deserved to be benched after that poor performance, I'll tell you that much. It looks like Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf almost, does it not? Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, it looks that bad. Hey, Jonathan, happy holidays. Appreciate the phone call. Zach Wilson, look, he's getting the business. I was checking in on some message boards for FAN Radio in New York this morning. The kid's getting crushed. I mean, and again, this is a Jaguar show, but I'm curious because we have a former head coach here with us. If you're Robert Sala moving forward the next two games, if Mike White can't go, can you put Zach Wilson back in there at this point, or is that not repairable, at least in 2022? Well, first of all, uh, I thought Denny Thompson made an excellent point earlier when he said that the kid has a lot of talent. There's something missing. So going forward, uh, I don't think they gain anything now. I don't think that they can make – can they uh, They still have a shot at making the They're wild still card. alive. It's going to take a lot of things to happen, though. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure I wouldn't uh, go with uh, Flacco or, you know, something like that because if they think they have a shot. Because I'd, I think you got to take the pressure off the quarterback. I think he's in trouble right now mentally. With the way that crowd is in New York, and you know, sit him and and let him just chill out for the rest of the year, and then come back and try to build him up in the off season and get him ready for next year. Leon, That's my thoughts. Leon, mm-hmm. how awkward is that in the locker room? I mean, everybody knows that he was terrible. He's getting booed just unmercifully by the fans in the post game locker room last night. Is anybody talking with Zach Wilson, or as a teammate, are you just so frustrated you just want to get away from him? I mean, listen, the NFL is a big boy league. When you play poorly, it's your job to pull yourself up, up out of that funk. I mean, there might be some guys that may console them a, a little bit, but if, if you're playing at a high level uh, as, as, your te- as his teammate, you're wondering why he's not playing at a high level. And he has to understand this is what he signed up for. He signed up. He's gonna, he, you signed up for this. You know, a quarterback gets too much credit. When they win, it gets too much blame when they uh, too much credit when they win and too much blame when they lose. So um, he got to grow up. He's got to deal with this and, and somehow come out of it. At the end of the game, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Garrett Wilson, I got that right, right? Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Garrett Wilson was talking to him, and it looked like he was almost saying, "Hey, you know, it's a tough one. You know, this crowd's tough." I mean, I, I kind of could read his lips, and I really think he was just telling him, you know, hey, it wasn't, it wasn't your night he, tonight. Uh, let's he, get ready for next week or he, something along He needs lines. to buy some fire repellent, all right, because they're going to come after him. Oh, in that market? Yes. Absolutely. Yep, yes, absolutely. they're coming after him. Well, Garrett Wilson had his own problems when he, what, did a Foye Lewican with the Cobra Kai karate kick to punch that ball loose. Mm-hmm. One of the more odd plays you'll see there in the fourth quarter. Bob, Tim, Jerry, the rest of you guys hang in there. You'll be up on the other side. It is the fifth quarter. We are in for the drill with Dave Campa, with Leon Searcy, and with E to the T. Come on, somebody. On a Friday morning, a victory Friday here in Jacksonville. We're with you till 10 o'clock. We'll hand things off to Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith for Jaguars today at that point. 
More of your phone calls next. 1010XL and 92.5 FM. It's a special edition of The Drill with the fifth quarter boys. In for Dan and Jeff, Leon, Coach Campo, and Hacker. Call 641-1010 to be a part of the show. Glad you're with us Friday morning, a victory Friday here in the city of Jacksonville after the Jaguars just, well, quite frankly, have their way with the New York Jets last night. To the phone lines in one moment. I do want to point this out again. Playoff scenarios. And Leon, isn't it unbelievable that after starting three and seven, keep on, they were three and seven, what, six weeks ago, right? It's not exactly yeah. a long time ago. Now we're talking playoff scenarios. All right. Tennessee plays twice before Jacksonville plays again. Tennessee plays Houston tomorrow. They play Dallas next Thursday. If Tennessee loses one of those, they can even win tomorrow and lose to Dallas or obviously lose tomorrow, beat Dallas, whatever. If they go 1-1 one one or 0-2, oh the game week 18, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Jacksonville is for an AFC South championship regardless of what the Jaguars do against the Texans next Sunday. The only way Jacksonville has to win against Houston next Sunday is if Tennessee beats Houston tomorrow and beats Dallas on Thursday. I try to make that as simple as I can. If Tennessee goes 2-0, beats the Texans, beats the Cowboys, the Jaguars have to beat Houston. If Tennessee goes 1-1, the Jaguar-Houston game, you want to win it, you want to keep the momentum, but as far as the division goes, it would not mean anything. It would still all come down to Week 18. Yeah, but but here's the thing, Hack. If you're a player, you don't care. Agreed. If If you're a player, you've got momentum. And Houston and, ten, and the Tennessee Titans, they're in the way. They're in the way. That's, that's got to be your mindset. You don't care about Houston winning, this, this, and that. All you know is that you're going to be playing for the uh, AFC, AFC South Divisional title in your backyard at the bank against the Titans. Ooh, gonna, you talking dirty to me, and I kind of like it, big fella. We're going to handle our business. We're going to handle our business. We're going to stop this streak with the Texans. We're going to beat them on the road. We're gonna set up. We're gonna set up a table for the Titans, and we're gonna eat. That's what's gonna happen. For argument's sake, Coach, just to play the other side. It's what I kind of like to do on sports radio. Start the conversation. For argument's sake, if Tennessee does lose one of their next two, if Trayvon Walker, Fadakasi, if they're eighty percent, and they would play in a must-win game, but if Houston no longer is a must-win game, do you sit guys like that? to make them get to 100% before the must-win game in Week 18? Well, I think there might be a, a, a reason if a guy is not, you know, that's going to be- benefit completely from uh, the extra time. And, and that's not everybody that's banged up. I mean, you know, it, it, uh, Leon said it earlier, but there's a difference between hurt and injured. If a guy's injured, uh, then you might hold them. But if it's just a case of the guy hurting, they're all hurting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's late in the season. You know, everybody's playing a little bit hurt. And and I I think that you want the momentum going. To me, that's the key to the whole thing. And one of the advantages, listen, if you tell me that I don't care who we're playing, that we got three games left and we win all three of them, it doesn't make any difference what anybody else does. That's the position that I want to be in. 
I don't want to be in a position to where I'm wanting somebody else to help me right. one way or another. And the Jaguars are no longer in that position. Correct. The Jaguars control their fate. There and again, go. they're to the point, amazingly enough, where the Houston game may not even matter anymore. So to me, the Houston game means everything regardless because I want to win. I, I control my destiny. So my only thought process right now is to win all three of them. Let's get back to the phone line, 641-1010 to St. John's County. Let's get Bob in here on 1010XL. Bob, what do you got? Hey, good morning, guys. If we're sharing the love, got to share share the love with Leon Searcy. If you if a fan wants to know what it's like to be an NFL player and, and all the garbage they deal with outside of just playing the field, we have high expectations for our guys on the field. There's a lot of noise coming from outside the field. Buy the book, Fourth Down and Damn. You can get it on Kindle. I did. You read it in the weekend. It is a great read, great insight. Leon, I can't wait to be able to hook up with you sometime at a, uh, at a at an event and uh, get a signed copy of that. So have to give you a little bit of love on that one. I appreciate that. But, Absolutely get a signed copy. That, that's, that's a five-star book, by the way. That That is very good. Um, but, hey, you know, guys, so as a Jag fan, the PTSDs are starting to go. Trevor fumbled first quarter. I said, okay, let's see what happens. I wouldn't have said that before. And 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 now I'm 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 living in the moment of yeah I'm glad we're in the playoffs or, or it looks like we have we have the chance to be and we control our own destiny, but we to do that we've got to exercise a demon from 2005. It's been two since 2005 since the team has swept the Titans, and so that could happen this time. It has to happen if we if the Jags are going to the playoffs. But I'm starting to think about okay, how do we keep this guy and this guy and this guy next year? How do we get into the cap? I'm not the GM, and I'm playing GM on my own. So it's definitely a different day to be a Jaguar fan, and this team is is built for success over the long haul, and I think that it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of years to come. Hey, Bob, thank you for the phone call. You know, speaking about Tennessee, well, they're in free fall right now. They just put their starting center, Ben Jones, on IR. There's real speculation Tannehill may be done for the year. We know he's going to miss tomorrow's game against Houston. Malik Willis is going to start that game for Tennessee. <laughs> But how everything just seems to be falling in place, Leon, the pieces are connecting in the puzzle for Jacksonville, who was 3-7 and seven at one point. It would be one of the more, I won't say miraculous, be one of the more crazy comeback stories for a division championship. Well, I'm not sure how many teams at 3-7, three, three games back with seven to go, have re- responded to win the division that given year. Well, listen, the, the, te- the, the Texas and the Titans – over the last decade, have double dutched this division, right? Huh? AFC South. They've they've exchanged hands on who wins it this year. I win it this year. That year. It would. How gratifying would it be for the Jaguars to go through both of them mm-hmm. to win their first AFC South division title since when? Ever? No, it's 2017. 2017. Yeah. All right, 2017. But but, but it would only be the but second one. Only be the second one, and forever, right? So this thing is lined up perfectly for you. I mean. It, you go through the Texans, you go through the Titans to win the title. Bottom line. And next thing you know, you're hosting a playoff game in the bank. Come on now. And people are asking, and I love this, Coach. People are legitimately asking on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, you know, what are the scenarios for the playoffs here at home? Well, the Jaguars are not going to be a wild card, more than likely. Um, the Chargers have the final spot. They're already at eight. They would need to go one and two minimum for the Jaguars to have any thought on a wild card. So you're either going to be the AFC South champion or you're not going to make it. And if you're the AFC South champion, you're going to be the four seed and you're going to play the best wild card team, which right now could be a number of teams, but more than likely it appears 
it'll be whoever does not win the North between Cincinnati and Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, uh, you know, I hate to put the cart before the horse. You know, the horse goes first. Oh, yeah. And and the one thing that, that, that has got to be on everybody's mind is that when, if and when we play Tennessee for this whole thing, remember – uh, a champion is a champion until it's dethroned. And Derrick Henry, and, and, and he, they'll be fired up. Even if Tannehill's not in there, that Titan team, do not overlook them. That's exactly why they play next week, regardless of the situation, because you want the momentum going into that ball game, And that's, that's what you need, because – if you remember back to the Titan game, we had three tur- we got three turnovers in that game. Four. Four yeah. turnovers. And it, it was a battle. So, you know, they started out running that football. And so we've got to make sure that we're going on all cylinders when we hit that game. Back to the phone line, 641-1010. We'll get a couple of more in. We're getting ready to hand things off to Jaguars today in just a bit. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Jerry in here. Actually, uh, Jerry called back. That was my fa- that was a faux pas on mine. Jerry, call back. We'll bump you to the front of the line. Let's get to Gainesville. Let's get Tim in in the meantime. Tim, you're on 1010XL. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Tim, we're good, man. How are you? Hey, man, I am so excited. Man, I ain't going to tell you no lie. For the past few weeks, I've been going to bed like I've just slept with one of the finest girls you'll ever find in your whole life, whole entire life. That's how the Jags made me feel. Wow, that's that's, that's quite that's quite the image I'm there, Tim. You, I've been sleeping good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, but yeah, man, Doug Peterson is a, a, a genius, man. I'm like the way he called those plays. Woo, I was like, holy smokes, boy! I'm like, man, it, it, it just it just looks really good. But that's that's basically all I wanted to say, man. I'm super excited and uh. And I don't have to look up draft stuff anymore right now. Yeah, we have not done draft talk. No question about that. Let's sneak in Jerry from the south side. Jerry, appreciate you calling back, man. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. I just want to say, man, I'm I'm, I'm lifelong Jaguar fan, enjoying watching this team. I love the, I love the captains. I, I believe the, I believe in the character of the captains and they're just just how disciplined this team's playing. Doug Peterson's play calling, using utilizing the tight ends. I love seeing the misdirection last night. Um, I've loved seeing what he's been doing. I love, I've loved seeing Trevor's pocket awareness in the last couple of weeks. It seems like he's seeing the rush, or he's he's actually feeling the rush, and he's able to to get around it, and make some positive plays with that. I love the fact that he's got a number one passer rating. Um, I'd like to see Dan Arnold utilized a little bit more in the game. I think he brings a lot to the table. Um, I love what Aluakon's doing um, in the middle of the field. Travis Etienne. I'd love to see him. Uh, spare him a little bit. It looks like he's getting a little banged up. Uh, I'd love to see Hasty in there a little bit more. Um, Caldwell's doing great on defense, and I don't want to leave it with a negative, but is uh, did Juan Smith suffer an Achilles injury last night? Do you know? Jerry, appreciate it. No official word, at least that I've seen, but it did not look good. We know he left the locker room yesterday on crutches and in a boot, um, so it's a significant injury regardless. I guess the hope would be like a high ankle or something. If that's the hope, that's still going to be a couple of weeks. But clearly, it looked almost like it was non-contact. Leon, you would know better than I, 11 years in the league. But when you see what Dewan Smoot did going down without really anybody touching him, that does lead the mind to wander well, if I mean, it's an Achilles. I mean, it's a big loss. Uh, it, it is a big loss because because Dewan Smoot, 
I mean, if anything else, he's disruptive. And he's a veteran. He can play. He can rush from the outside or the inside. You know, a lot of the stuff that he gets to is either one-on-one or twist game and his leadership uh, for that defense. I mean, uh, he, well, he was leading the team in sacks, wasn't he? He was Five close, sacks, yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, you, you, you may look at it as just, as just another guy, but as far as your packaging goes, as far as guys that can get to the rusher, I mean, losing him is a big is a big deal to me. With Leon Searcy and Dave Campo, the hacker Ryan Green with you, wrapping things up on a special edition of the fifth quarter. We're in for the drill today. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Jaguars today coming up in just a bit. E, it's the giving season, though, it sure, right? It sure is. There is no doubt about that. What do we have for the good folks? Oh, for the good folks, we have a Peterbrook Chocolate Holiday Gift Basket plus a $25 gift card to Four Score Golf Tavern in San Marco. This is all a part of the 1010XL Holiday Gift Guide. Just visit 1010XL.com for more great gift ideas. Wow, that sounds like a good deal. We will take caller number – let's do caller three in honor of how many points the Jets scored last night. I like that. Caller three, 641-1010, and E to the T will hook you up. Now, gentlemen, I would be remiss if I didn't hold it down for Dan and Jeff because it's Friday, but not only – it's Friday. It's Victory Friday. So one time for the 6 o'clockers, the 7 o'clockers, the 8 o'clockers, the 9 o'clockers, I got y'all. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Sing it with me now. Everybody I gotta hold it down for my dog now. It's Victory. It's Friday, Friday. It's Victory Friday. Look at Coach over there. You know it. Get into it, Coach Campbell. Party and party and party and party and hey. Oh, victory Friday. Let's go, let's go, let's go. How absolutely sweet it has been. The Jaguars all over the New York Jets last night. Special edition of the fifth quarter coming to an end, but we got victory Friday all the way up until 8 o'clock tonight. That means coming up next, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jaguars today. Let's check in with them right now. No. The two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Tony, you left TIAA Bank Field last <laughs> night about 1.30 in the morning, but yeah. you are here and you are fired up. Yeah, we're ready to go, man. It's a victory Friday. We haven't had many victory anythings this late in the year in a long time, at least none to mean anything, you know, and... Uh, now it's still all out in front of this football team. They're in control of their own destiny. It's so much fun to watch the fan base be able to dance a little bit, right? Just strut a little bit, especially with the holiday season, everything that's going on. It's not we're limping to the end. We haven't been talking draft for a month already, you know, getting sick of those storylines. Instead, it's all right in front of them and in their own control. It's a lot of fun when this team is winning. This city is on fire right The now. crazy thing is, we've been talking about it, you get to watch Tennessee play twice now. And yep. what they do bases what you're going to do against Houston. No doubt. Uh, if Tennessee were to lose one of these two games, then you got guys that you need to get ready for Week 18, get them ready. Yeah. Right? Uh, you can afford to sit them down. Now, look, it, I don't put it past the Tennessee Titans to do whatever the Titans do. Right? Like, it, they're such a tough, tough team franchise we've team. learned that over the years right yes. and week 18 I, I really don't expect it to look like it did up there in Nashville the first time around but I fully expect the Jaguars to win I can tell you that right now which is a weird feeling 
this time of year to go into games. I mean, that game last night uh, may be an argument against Thursday night football this late in the year. I mean, those look like two really tired football teams playing against one another. But the New York Jets offense, I, I said it on Twitter, I don't think I've ever seen a game in December with that many playoff implications that felt like a preseason game. It did. It was bad. The Jets, like, Zach Wilson, ugh. That Jets offense was just putrid, and part of that was what the Jaguars were doing to them. But I don't care. 19-3, to let's enjoy the Christmas weekend. Let's watch the Titans hopefully lose one of these next two before you take the field again, and then week 18, here we come. No question. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, Jaguars today right around the corner. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. All right, Coach Campo, appreciate you coming in, my friend. Plans for the holidays for you? I got a bunch of kids coming over and uh, little festivities going on Christmas Eve, going to play some games, go to some lights with the family. Family Le weekend. Leon, what about you, man? What's on the docket this weekend? Uh, a lot of eggnog. <laughs> what eggnog? <laughs> Plain eggnog or maybe a mixer or two? Maybe a mixer or two. I totally understand. Water. Yeah. Hey, enjoy the football. Got a full day of football tomorrow. Uh, some Christmas games, Monday night football. We will be back, most of us, on Tuesday. Have a very, very happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And we certainly appreciate Dan and Jeff. E to the T, you as well, my friend. Thank you guys for having us sit in today for the drill, the fifth quarter on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Do not go anywhere. Jaguars today coming up next on a victory Friday as we roll on. Here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM, have a terrific holiday weekend, everybody.